0: Welcome to Side Order, that extra little bit of seconds you always crave. I am one of your hosts, Matt, and with me is the man main, or the main man, Dave. Say something, Dave, that isn't as tongue-tied as what that intro was.
1: Hello, I am Dave. I promise I'm not using my laptop microphone this time.
0: Yeah, no guarantees on that front. We'll only find out (laughs) in the edit
1: no it's it's definitely it's definitely going through the microphone into the laptop because i made sure and i'm not making that mistake again after last time
0: (laughs) that sounds fair um so it's been about eight weeks since we went through a typical side order episode unfortunately i'm extremely tired having changed work role uh thereby i want to keep this as expedient as possible so in terms of our usual back and forth we normally talk about movies we normally talk a bit about tv we talk a little bit about video games so in terms of a video game update uh i started finished platinumed horizon forbidden west i have done it all nice nice that that's all i've done video game wise done any video games
1: i finished Two Raider's Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and that—that's a game that exists that I, I persevered with for about six months, and that it's—it's it's a thing that happened. I finished it.
0: <laughs> hmm. To paraphrase Mary Poppins, decidedly average in every way.
1: It—it it really, really was. It didn't live up to the hype of reboot number one, and even the sequels a bit. It was good. The story was good. Left it on a nice cliffhanger, and then the third one just didn't... It didn't do it for me, I'm afraid.
0: That's fair enough. Right, so now in reverse order, we're going to jump to TV. So, I finished Season 3 of C, the show starring Jason Momoa, where he totally does not style himself like a Japanese samurai. Um, it concluded i was happy that it concluded it's left the avenue open for potential spin-off series in the future however i do not want any more the amount i had was an appropriate amount i do not require seconds if you haven't seen it it's available on Appy tv well worth a watch Um, anything i would say about it is a spoiler but, I was gonna say yeah.
1: it's it's series three on a streaming provider, so there is a very chance that they may cancel it.
0: I believe that they essentially said that season three is it, there is no more. However Spin-offs. the ending has left it open ended enough where you could do another show set within the world or the universe without following those characters oh, okay. at a later point yeah. in time should they opt to do so Um, of course the the other thing I've been watching on TV uh, The Last of Us at the time of recording I have now watched all five broadcast episodes and there's five more episodes yet to broadcast uh, I believe Dave has only seen the first two episodes. Um, if you want more details on the Last of Us TV show, firstly, have you been living under a fucking rock? And <laughs> secondly, have you not listened to our previous episode where we give our reactions and thoughts on the first two episodes? Plug, 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 plugity plug.
1: That actually went out on time for a change.
0: I am shocked and appalled.
1: I know, and you even got spoilers for an upcoming movie episode in that, so there you go. It's worth listening to for that alone.
0: We certainly did. Have you done any TV this month, slash eight in, weeks?
1: Um. Well, I watched Wednesday, the, the Netflix show. Really, really enjoyed that. It was a different take on the character that i got so used to in watching the uh, the 90s films ironically which is actually on right now on tv and i was watching before i come up to record with you and yeah i really enjoyed the 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 wednesday netflix show i can't i want more but i don't want the love triangle thing which apparently they're going to try and move away from in this next series so i'm all, i'm all in for that on more broad broader terms i watched the willow tv series on on disney plus And was it as disappointing
0: Um, as what one would assume it to be?
1: It was fine. It took a long while to get going. I don't know why they did it as a TV series as opposed to another film. Because a lot of it seemed really padded out. A lot of it was kind of, we're going to go to this place and do this thing. Oh no, we've got to have a fight. And then, oh no, our characters have somehow got to... um, Overcome this predicament, and it was very formulaic, very formulaic in that way. I did think it was quite ballsy, though, ending on effectively spoilers. By the way, the end there's a post-credit scene where basically the whole thing has been like in a book, and they close it, and it's the first book on a shelf of three. So they've got three series planned out. I think that's quite ballsy to assume that they're going to get two more series. So we'll see what happens there. And honestly. I, I don't know if Warwick Davis can act. I mean, I'm not an actor, but he seemed really flat in a lot of it. I don't know if it's because he spent too much time doing daytime TV uh, quiz shows in the UK, such as Tenable, or whether it's because he's no good without like a 10-tonne of like prosthetics and or Wookie fur on him, sorry, Ewok fur on him. I, I really don't know, but there wasn't really a lot of it that kind of made me go, oh, wow, he's actually really embodying that role like he did like 20-30 years ago in, in the film
0: maybe he just wanted a payday and you know what I wouldn't hold it against him
1: I don't know it's, it's very strange because it's one of those things that I didn't know people were actually clamouring for I didn't know that Willow was actually like a viable franchise but I guess it is a bit I guess it's got kind of got that cult following around it and
0: I don't know. All I remember from the Willow film is baby puke and that's enough for me not to watch the TV show.
1: <laughs> no, that's that's fair enough.
0: Well, on that note, movies. I've watched a lot of movies and I'm going to read you out a list
1: okay. and
0: there will be one additional item that is not on the list which is going to be our main talking point. So now. In this period of time, I have watched the massive weight of unbearable talent
1: yeah the nick cage one
0: i did i have watched cliffhanger right i have watched stargate
1: yeah solid solid choices of of a theme 90s yes
0: i watched the running man also known as the punning man
1: fuck's sake but that's that's just a normal week for you if you if you haven't watched the running man then it means that you're real or there's something wrong with it well not even you're real there's just something wrong with you
0: yeah and then i've watched which released for a weekend just gone pale blue eye which is the netflix movie starring christian bale playing christian bale alongside dudley dursley sorry i mean edgar adam poe
1: Oh, I think oh. I've heard about that. Yeah, how is it? Is it any good, or is it?
0: Uh, other than Christian Bale, is sometimes English, sometimes very American, and had a lot of the time talking like this, so you can barely hear what he's saying. Um, weren't bad. So it's sort of it's got Christian Bale as a police detective called to an army barracks. Uh, it's a period piece um, to investigate a death in the barracks where a member of the military he's hanged himself and then, then it turns out that at the autopsy his heart's been cut out and removed by the perpetrator so it wasn't suicide so there's something malicious going on and sort of one of the army cadets slash participants is Ed granham Poe the uh, actual historical character so the the film is based upon a book and my understanding is it's purely fictional however i watched it because i like a whodunit i like a bit of a murder mystery um and actually i quite enjoyed it it's got a few twists and turns but really the standout performances the lad that played dudley Dersey from the harry potter films so that's harry potter's um cousin you know from the house yes. he's like oh I only got 13 presents this year last year I got 14 this year I should have had 15 um, he plays Ed Granpo, Poe so you hear okay. him doing this sort of southern you hear him sort of doing you look at him facially, you and you're like when you really stay you can see this uh, the, the how he previously looked. so he, he's grown up he's he's slimmed out quite a lot but you can sort of see it still if you really focus but he's putting on this like southern role and every so often, a little bit of British comes out, we'll be like, talking in heavy <laughs> southern, and we'll be like, oh, hey! And it sort of gets a little bit chavvy, and you're like, ah, okay. But no, um, all in, well worth a watch. As it's a who done it, I can't really give you much more than that sort of uh, concept, which is what the trailer sort of conveys to you. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd give that a little watch. So before I move on to my final piece, which is my actual talking point, do you have any questions about the massive weight of unbearable talent? <laughs> um,
1: how how Nick Cage is Nick Cage on a scale of naught to um, let's say his pinnacle was naught to Nick Cage. Yeah, naught to Nick Cage. All right, naught to Nick Cage. How Nick Cage was he?
0: He 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 went not all the way Nick Cage. He did maybe. On A naught to nick cage, he did, he went to about a nick.
1: Okay, okay, it,
0: it's again the bits I really want to discuss are massive spoilers, so I can't discuss them. Other oh. than there's a lot more going on than what the trailer puts forth. Um, the trailer okay. does show you that he's sort of acting as an exaggerated version movie version of himself. Um, yeah. He, he does brilliant and that he plays it so well. There there is a sequence right at the start of the film where it shows him like driving up to this Hollywood director who's having like lunch in a restaurant and he's sort of having lunch with him saying and going, I really want this bit of work. I really want this work, you know, I wanna win an Oscar and he like following him back to car and then the director's trying to leave and then he just starts for whatever reason. Nick Cage decides that I'm gonna I'm gonna do this performance piece for you in the car, car park across your way for your car to come round and I'm going to do it with a Boston accent.
1: You don't need to read for me. Of course not. <laughs> and
0: obviously I'm not going to. Obviously. But I bet a part of you would love to hear me read, right? I Why wouldn't you? If I were you, I'd want to hear it. Seriously, I don't want you to read. Okay. Anyway, this
1: is me. You know um, what? So you know I'm what? I'm going to read. It's a foregone conclusion,
0: Jimmy. It takes 13 milliseconds for the human brain to send a message to the body. So by the time your bullets hit me, my cerebral cortex will have transmitted a signal to the 17
1: healthy muscles that operate my trigger finger. And before your asshole has had a chance to pucker up, your medulla oblongata will be splattered on the fucking wall behind you. And if that's the last thing I accomplish on this beautiful green earth, well then, ha! I say, ha! What a way to fucking go!
0: Holy shit. And, and I'm like face palming watching this but it's brilliant because <laughs> the director's like oh my god that's amazing you've definitely got the part let me just have my man speak to your man and that and then obviously he literally just got into the car and like drove off um and that's really the only bit I could sort of comment on to any degree without spoiling it um okay okay um Pedro Pascal great performance um but yeah, you just need to get around and watch that. It's now on Amazon Prime.
1: I believe it, yeah. Yeah, I will definitely have to get onto it at some point.
0: You most definitely should, because we need to talk about that a bit more <laughs> in depth.
1: Yes, yes, it's on the list.
0: So again, I, I then watched Cliffhanger, which is the Stallone one purely because I've never seen it, and actually I quite enjoyed it. Um, obviously, watch Stargate. Superb film. Again, that's because, as it does every couple of years, it was going around the media, doing the media rounds, saying, "Oh, yes, there could be a sequel to the original 1994 film." And I'm like, hey, it's been a year. I'll rewatch that, and you know what? Still enjoyed it.
1: Do you know what? I haven't, I haven't seen that since 2019. I should probably get around to watching that again. Actually, to be fair, because I seem to recall. I seem to recall me picking it up from a car boot sale when we went once. Yes, we did. Me. Yeah, and yeah, I watched it then. I should probably get around to it again because it's it's sci-fi with Kurt Russell and it's it's glorious in all the things and the fact that the majority of the best bits are reshoots as well. Just boggles the mind.
0: Such a great film. Um, mm. Obviously, the Running Man's the Running Man. There's not much more I can say about that. So episode. let me hand, hand over to you to run through any films that you've seen, and then we're going to come back to my main my main film, my main talking point, and you're going to be so pleased.
1: Okay, okay, alright. Alright, so I'll be honest, I haven't really watched many films over the past kind of eight weeks, which is absolutely baffling, I know, for, for a, for a media podcast I haven't really watched a lot I mean I watched Will Smith in Gemini man that's that's a thing that exists because of course it does it's filmed at 120 frames a second why it, it just makes your CG look awful Um, although there was one good bit actually to be fair young young Will Smith is on a motorbike he he, he drives up to old Will Smith does a stoppy? so he goes up onto the front wheel and slaps old Will Smith in the face with the back tyre and I laughed so hard at that because it was so fucking stupid but the rest of the film just did not match up to it at all, it might be one for you for you Matt, to actually cover on the podcast because I think, because it's Ang Lee as well, it's quite an interesting choice shall we say for him to do
0: I am interested purely because 120 frames which puzzles me and the fact that i know you hate de-aging in movies you've been very vocal on the past about how bad it is so i want to watch this with my more reserved judgment and see actually was it better or passable compared to some other de-aging and computer effects i've seen
1: do you know what because it's filmed at 120 bajillion frames a second when it's a stop when it's like not in motion, it looks really good, but anytime he like moves his face or he tries to talk, it looks really artificial and really uncanny, like proper uncanny valley. It just looks hmm. so odd. I don't know if it's because because they filmed at 120 second 120 frames a second, they've obviously gotta put in the extra like layers of digital effects and stuff. Whereas you can get away with it, I like your standard. I believe it's 24 frames a second. Most things are shot at now, or 30 frames a second. Your standard thing, and obviously you can get away with it, but because it's so, so many frames, they're gonna put in the extra work. It just looks really fake in places.
0: Yeah, um, I'll I'll be curious to it's to curious. watch that because every every so often I like a Will Smith film. Um, I like as long as you keep your
1: goddamn wife's name out of your goddamn mouth, you're fine. There's yeah, a topical like, reference for you.
0: Yeah, again, only about a year out of date. Um, <laughs> I was just curious whether Ang Lee is a PC gamer and he went, 120 frames, we need all the frames, it needs to be buttery smooth, <laughs> PC master race. Whether he had that mindset when, when he was looking at cameras to film with whether he forgot that he's making a movie as opposed to playing a video game. The
1: the thing is, right, is you can film at 120 frames a second, but when you're watching it on home media, they've got to down-res it anyway to something that's obviously going to be able to be played by your machine. So it just completely Hmm. boggles the mind as to why he would bother doing it in the first place. Because it's only outputting maybe 30 frames a second on a DVD, and maybe, if you're lucky, possibly like 40 to 50 maybe even 60 if you're watching it ultra high def blu-ray or what have you it just really boggles the mind
0: it is certainly an interesting approach so that's
1: that's one way of putting it, yes and I don't think I watched anything else and if I did it's probably not worth mentioning because you would have remembered what it was I would have remembered what it was and it's probably podcast worthy in the future
0: that is fair enough so you're going to be ever so proud of me, do you want to have a guess do you want to guess what I've watched
1: I don't know, what what have you watched what have you watched
0: I, I'll I'll give you a a hint that's not really a hint Um, and you'll get this in a few seconds I finally watched, and here's your hint Take your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! I watched Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yes! Yes! Monkeys! Monkeys! Monkey? You finally watched the monkeys.
1: How many monkeys did you watch? Did you watch them all?
0: I've purely at this point watched the first one because I wanted to discuss it. And then it's fully my intention over the coming weeks to watch the subsequent two films. It was literally, for whatever reason, I believe it was last Friday after work, I went, I've watched an hour of YouTube, my brain is not turning off, I need to watch something, a movie, that's going to absorb me. And I was flicking through my my, um, movie list and I went, oh look a monkey trilogy he's been prattling on at me to watch these bloody films for at least two years now I'll put one on how bad could it be it's like an hour and 40 long so it's not so long that it'll be unbearable if it's bad but also it's long enough where they clearly put in a bit of effort into the story and I quite enjoyed it um, I fucking told you <laughs> That there are some moments where the classic quote in this film was actually put forth by Tom Felton, who was still in his Draco Malfoy, I'm a baddie phase of acting, um, and I quite enjoyed that. Um, James Franco did a inoffensive performance, which was quite good. John Lithgow, despite not doing much... Was, Again, really good performance of sort of showing him suffering with Alzheimer's, and then as this cure kicks in, suddenly getting really bright and alert, and with it, and then his his gradual descent again was just really good for what little screen time he had. He also plays yeah. a great villain in Cliffhanger, um, but no, I I quite enjoyed this film. Um, I wanted to clarify with you. I think in one of our previous episodes. You said, and I could be misremembering, that Matt Reeves was involved with this. And I'm looking. The Rise of the Planet of the Apes wasn't directed by Matt Reeves, nor was he involved in the writing. Does he no, do one he, of the later two films? He
1: came on board with the second one and the third one.
0: So uh, they laid out the
1: template with the first film. Because I can't remember who directed the first one, because they went off and did Rupert something... Wyatt yeah he went off to do something else the name escapes me now he got offered better work and then matt reeves came on for the second one and went right right you you think that's a monkey film this is how a monkey film's done
0: a film called the gambler with marky mark
1: oh of course of course marky mark yeah there was a reason he he left the project because he was due to do it and I don't know if it's creative differences or what have you, but to be honest, I don't mind him leaving it because we've got Matt Reeves doing the monkey films and they're so good. You've got a good few nights ahead of you watching those two films, honestly. I remember seeing the first one at the cinema, I think, when it came out. And I was this was around the time when I started going to the cinema like proper seriously because I think it, I did it with a double bill with...
0: So this was Rise of the Planet of the Eights was released in 2011.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I saw that. I, I know I saw the trailers for it. And I was a bit like, this doesn't look anything special. It just, it's a prequel. Must we have a prequel to everything in the wider, wider universe? And I came out really pleasantly surprised with how good that film is. Like you said, the performances are a they that I mean fucking Andy Circus. Yeah,
0: fantasia. I deliberately oh, hadn't just I'm, I deliberately I'm, I'm, hadn't yeah. mentioned Andy yet because the human performance is good, but the the Yeah, so Andy Circus's motion capture brilliant and ...the facial expressions... ...just sort of everything about it... ...and again the film... ...for me was a quite simple premise... ...done very well... ...going... ...this is the instigating events... ...of how... ...the planet of the apes... ...sort of kicked off being that... ...and I like that they went that... ...genetically engineering... ...this thing... ...which helps increased brain capacity and intelligence as a side effect was was superb and then when they aerosolized it in a rushed bodge job that was still hundred percent effective on all of the primates however that that then became based on what the end of this film implies poisonous to any humans directly. Um, exposed to it and I thought that was quite a unique thing to actually it didn't just make improve the this element it also is one of the factors that caused the the death and I did enjoy that the person who'd been taking shit the whole film like the neighbour was actually a pilot and was the instigating factor of this this virus getting sort of worldwide contamination I thought was quite nice and I also liked within the film I was just going to say, I also liked within the film, the little thing of, oh, manned mission to Mars. Oh, successful launch. And then later on, you just see like little random news clips or newspapers saying, oh, contact lost with the Mars um, spaceship. And then sort of, Mars ship lost. And I'm like, ah, so that potentially links all the way back into the Charlton Heston original. What a nice little thing that's occurring Mm. in the background but isn't the sole focus of the film so it's like if you're not paying attention you'd miss all of those little references in the background so again I I don't know nor do I want to be told whether in the next two films that plays an element uh, I don't want to know because I'm looking forward to finding out but I like that there's a <laughs> little subtle going on in the background there you could miss it if you weren't being a keen observant viewer so please now tell me more about Andy Circus.
1: Andy Serkis is just phenomenal. He's just you I don't know how to describe it. He is such a force on screen, even though it's not physically him on screen. It's his motions and his his way of being just overlaid over the top with like a monkey suit, basically. I know they're not monkeys. I don't care, they're fucking monkey films. <laughs> but even when you look into the eyes of Caesar and you can see it and you can just feel everything, it's like
0: his performance going from really, really carries through. And, and yeah. the highlight bits, because it's really fresh in my mind, is where you seem young and hopeful. Yes. And then as he sort of progresses to to sort of a teenager slash young adult, adult chimpanzee, where he's then starting mm. to question, why am I different? Why aren't I allowed to yeah. mix? And then his time incarcerated in the, I'm going to call it a zoo. I know it's not a zoo and it's a place where clearly the animals were being mistreated. But his time mm. there being bullied and then actually this little, over a period of a few weeks, just watching him go, this is bullshit. He sort of communicates and makes friends with who's an Orangutan. He also knows sign language and sort of says, mm. ultimately, chimps are dumb, which then sort of becomes a driving factor where Caesar then starts to mm. assert dominance and take charge and, yes. tri- and teach all of the primates to interact fairly and act as a leader and then still going... They're still done. They're still driven by animal instinct, and just seeing him become driven to it's a like cause. It's like they
1: say. It's like mm. they say in the film: uh, "Individual weak, but ape together strong." Um, yes, there is no better way than kind of that that finale where it all let's let's put it mildly, shit kicks off and hits the fan. But like you said, it like you said kind of going from this raw kind of animal with for all intents and purposes he's like a pet isn't he you know he yeah, sees the he, dog they, he sees he wears someone a walking the dog on the lead and he's on the lead and he goes hold on wait a minute while i'm on the lead to suddenly becoming this uh individual with you know feels like the responsibility of you know his fellow primates and such like that it's and it's all in performance of Andy Circus, and it's so, so good. Not to spoil the two upcoming films for you, Matt, but Do his not. performances honestly will be consequences. get better. They honestly get better as they go on. I, I just want to, to talk to you about the rest of them now because they're so fucking good. I'm not going to. I'm going to restrain.
0: That's why I like this as our main talking point because I want to set out my... Expectations based on the titles of the films of what I think will be coming up, and then we can see how accurate I am. But in terms of this actual film, another element I really liked that actually did make me smile and make me go, What is that they're communicating via sign language for a lot of film? And, and again, when the apes start their uprising, that actually he intervenes to stop the friendly zoo person from being hammered to death, and he intervenes locks him in a cage to go no we do not hurt these but it was the moment when tom felton goes to him and it's like take a damn stinging paws off me and he's trying to like spray him and like caesar and that's the name of the ape that andy circus is portraying just literally shouts no and that voice modulation of the fact i was like oh fuck they are going to talk <laughs> They're going to talk this soon because I, I was like I'm I was on the assumption that maybe in subsequent films, as part of them moving to dominance, that it'd be their offspring would become more intelligent because of the genetic code improving, or that they would be exposed more. Uh, back in the lab, they'd go and get more of the, I'm going to call it smart juice, smart spray. <laughs> for want of a better name whether they were going to go back and get exposed to more of that which was going to accelerate their development no just outright they are clearly able to talk in some basic works again which at the very end where like I think the last line of dialogue that he he offers which is to James Franco character is um, Caesar is home and he sort of whispers it in his ear and I'm like that's a really nice moment it's also very chilling but james franco played that perfectly the sort of the disbelief that he was spoken to but also the yeah i'm not going to fuck around with this guy now <laughs> um i thought just was like no this is i really enjoyed this um just in terms of some stats had a budget of 93 million so clearly the studio had faith in it And bearing in mind this was like 11 years after the Marky Mark version which was meant to reboot and have a a spawn a new sort of franchise but that kind of almost killed the project again so this was 10 years later but clearly 20th Century Fox at the time had some confidence to invest 93 million in it and then it went around and did I believe at box office 481 million. So it's quite well received at the time as well.
1: Yeah. Do you know what I really like about this first film is it doesn't do the normal prequel trappings. So, alright, it's a prequel, but most prequel films you see will go out of their way to explain things that don't need to be explained. And what I really like about *Rise of the Planet of the Apes* is that it can be viewed as a standalone. And like you said, where it's got the kind of mentioning of the uh, the spacecraft, obviously, referencing the Charlton Heston, obviously the original one, or the Marky Mark one, if you you know whatever whatever you feel like. But it can be viewed on its own. The references are there if you look them, look for them. But it's not in a way. That it goes, oh, much like, say, the Thing prequel from 2011 did. Why is the dog running at the start of the film? That doesn't necessarily need to be explained, but the prequel finds a way to explain it. And similarly, with something like Prometheus, where it goes, this is an alien prequel. We're not going to call it an alien prequel. But it's basically an Alien prequel, and we have to reference the engineers and the space jockeys. And, oh, look, there's there's a there's a Xenomorph at the end there, by the way, because, you know, it's it's Alien, isn't it? But, like I say, the strength of this is where it can be viewed individually. So if you've got absolutely no knowledge of any of the franchise, as I had at that point, because I think I'd seen maybe part of the Marky Mark uh, reboot... I love the fact that we're both just referencing Mark Wahlberg as Marky Mark as his name. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, that's his name. Whether yeah, whether you've seen any, whether you've seen the Marky Mark reboot, or whether you've you know you've seen the original Charlton Heston films or series, or even the TV series, you know, because they are accessible now on on Disney Plus.
0: I was just going to say I I, I don't recognise the name Mark Wahlberg. I only know Marky Mark.
1: It's Marky Mark Mania.
0: <laughs> um, so, so that was going to be my question. Is So I've seen the original Planet of the Apes mm-hmm. and I've seen, I believe, what was potentially the last of the original series, which was either Conquest of the Planet of the Apes or uh, uh, a different one, which was set where the apes travelled back in time to present day. I've seen that and I've obviously seen the Marky Mark one and I actually quite like the Marky Mark one which That's could a be a controversial statement. could very well be a controversial statement but I did so there you are it's out there now <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's one of those that I haven't seen I've seen I'm sure I've seen it but I honestly don't remember it because I may have been too young for it at the time because I only would have been 9 or 10 or so when it came out. And it's probably one of those that we rented on VHS from from the shop down the road from us. And I I literally, I can remember the ending where he ends up out in New York or wherever it is. And all all the apes, are they're all dressed up in like police outfits and stuff. And they all surround him. That's literally the only thing I remember. And I think it's got Helena Bonham Carter in weird makeup as well.
0: That's think because he a wants... Tim Burton film.
1: Well, naturally. I think he kind of wants to fuck the monkey Helena Bonham Carter. But...
0: Uh, I believe there is a sequence actually where the monkey tries to get it on with Marky Mark.
1: Good, good. That's an image that I didn't need, but I now have in my head. So thank you for that.
0: <laughs> You're more than welcome. I'm just going to, for the purpose of comparison, go to metacritic.com.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Because I'm now curious. If that 2001 remake has a sufficiently shit score, you may need to watch that.
1: Well, as I said, they are all pretty much on Disney Plus, so it is very readily available. And I did think a little while ago, after watching the rest of the Apes films, do I want to go back and watch the ones from the 70s? Because... For all intents and purposes, they were... It was one of the first big, proper cinema franchises.
0: Um, I can now successfully update you. Would you like to have a guess at the Metascore of the 2001 version of Planet of the Apes? Ooh. That's the Marky Mark one.
1: I think it's going to be... Ooh. Hmm. I think people are going to be annoyed by it The fact that they've tried to remake this absolutely classic film I think it's going to be around 57
0: You were close until you Added the 7 It's actually a 50
1: Oh really? Oh wow, okay
0: With a user score of 4.9
1: Oh yeah Those monkey fans Really like their monkey films because,
0: yeah, they're very fanatical yeah. about it. Um, to qu- I'm going to quote Rolling Stone magazine now. Oh, good. With the, with the exception of a battle scene with apes and all fours charging humans, the film is monumentally silly. I think that's more than enough reason to go watch it.
1: Do you know what? I was actually going to say, you've just sold me on that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, so then, okay, do you want to now compare and contrast? Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Rise of the Planet of the
1: Apes. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I think that is sitting, because I know the newer ones are in the 80s and the 90s. I think Rise is going to be lower, but I think it's going to be a case of people were pleasantly surprised by it. But they're still gonna go, we didn't need this. I think it's gonna be around seventy-two.
0: It's actually sixty-eight, so you're very close.
1: Yeah. I think pretty much for the reasoning, like I said as well, I would imagine.
0: Use a score of seven point eight.
1: Yeah, that that seems fair. It's a good film, it's not the strongest of the three, but it's a good solid foundation to jump from.
0: The New York Post who gave this a 50 said they probably should have called it beneath the dignity of the planet of the apes because (laughs) rise of the planet of the apes is tolerable if you just keep in mind that the original feature was an overachieving b movie they're probably throwing some shade out
1: wow wow that's that's choice choice quote there nice pull uh
0: yeah got it first time without issue. <laughs> Alright, my last compare and contrast. The original for 1968 Planet of the Apes.
1: Ooh. Now. That's so a hard I'll give one. I'll
0: you, give you a hint. It's got 14 critic reviews.
1: Is that it really on Metacritic? Wow. Um. I'm gonna say uh, Bamu wants to say 77. Fuck it, 77.
0: You two off it, 79. Oh! With a user score of 8.1, which is based on 101 ratings.
1: That's the thing with Metacritic's harder to predict than Rotten Tomatoes, because Rotten Tomatoes is a flawed system, as we all well know because that is anything lit, uh, anything with a positive review, so anything sort of higher than... I think it's 5 out of 10, and anything over 3 out of 5 is given a score, whereas Metacritic is a proper aggregate score, so it's always harder to predict. <laughs> so, yeah, that doesn't shock me in the slightest that it's about 77, to be fair. 79, sorry. Because I think a lot of people... I think a lot of people, if it's... If they are reviews from the time, I think a lot of people would have viewed it as oh it's just slocky B movies like 50s throwback. But then you get the more contemporary reviews you get, more modern day reviews, sorry, they're going to be like a lot higher.
0: In the vein of a out of the time review, the New York Times, which rated it a 50, stated it is no good at all, but fun at moments to watch.
1: That's um, a fairly blunt, blunt political <laughs> response. That's yeah, the kind of thing that is, I'd say about reviewing a film, to be fair. <laughs> when I've yeah. watched something, it's a film, it exists, it was fun.
0: <laughs> which is how I know that that review was of the time. Yeah. It's print is expensive, we'll get to the point.
1: they've already got our money, fuck it, they've bought it
0: Mm. so then one of the things I want to raise that I don't like about the film and this new sequel or reboot trilogy and hear me out before you jump in is the names all of them are Planet of the Apes and then it's always something of the Planet of the Apes and it just its a really clunky naming mechanism, and it's go, rise of the planet of the apes, dawn of the planet of the apes. Do you know War what? Of the planet of the apes. I find it, it's an easy naming convention, but it's really clunky. Do you know I don't what? know why they didn't just I completely, call it Rise.
1: I completely agree with you. I think originally it was originally called Rise of the Apes. I think originally, citation very much needed, but I think the studio intervened and said, no, we need uh, more brand recognition in there. So they had to put in the Planet of the Apes bit in, I think is probably what happened. But I completely agree with you because one when you once you get to the original films and there's like, I think there's only like four or five of them, but they've got super long names like that. And then you throw in these new ones with similar sounding names, You're like, I can't really distinguish them.
0: Yeah, so the originals, you had Planet of the Apes, then you had Beneath, Escape, Conquest, Battle.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, we've got a new one coming out in 2024. There's Uh, going to be a full film.
1: Yes, yes, there is. They're going to be filming later this year or next year. Yes, I knew that
0: do you want to know I don't think know? Matt
1: Reeves is involved though
0: no it's different director do you want to have a guess at the one word that will be in the title so it's so blank, blank of had. the planet of the apes so, so what's think, your blank so
1: we've, had, so we've had rise we've had war yep, yep. And, we've
0: and you've had, had dawn
1: and we've had dawn yep so is it going to be something like world or maybe something mm. like um, dominion dominion would be a good one. You're,
0: you're, you're close. They won't go with Dominion because of Jurassic Park. So, But you're close. You're on the right terms. You're thinking world, you're thinking the, the Dominion, you're thinking it's an area. It's actually Kingdom.
1: Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I didn't yeah. realise it had a name. Nice. Mm, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm just thinking I where would... it leaves off as well, the last again, film. Yeah, that seems... That seems yeah, I can see that.
0: Yeah, so I would click on it, but because I've watched, not watched the next two, I don't want any sort of spoilers. So in terms no. of my my projection for, for film two and film three as to what may or may not occur, I'm going to assume that humanity um, have cordoned off the forest where the apes are living... I'm right. then going to assume that the military-slash-government are finding people getting sick. And rather than blaming the laboratory that made this um, treatment-slash-deadly disease become airborne, they're going to blame these, these to quote you, monkeys for spreading this disease and thereby they're going to try and force an extermination of them in this forest to which then I believe there will be a group of tree huggers again I'm using all the correct political terms here who will try and stop them to which then Caesar will be right I've been a pacifist thus far but now I'm fucked off and there will be retaliations and then it will be an escalation from there that's what I pretty much predict dawn of the planet apes, of the apes will be. I reckon it'll be story wise it will be set twelve to twenty four months after the original film. That's my that's my forecast and we'll see how close I am to that in our next episode. So do you have any final thoughts or comments on what I've just offered you is my prediction
1: it's hard to comment on them without spoiling the upcoming films for you and I I so want to, but I'm gonna I'm gonna restrain myself. but I will say now, again, no no spoilers, the second film is the strongest by far. for various different reasons, you will find out why when you watch them. The third film, is good it doesn't live up to the hype of the second one but it is a satisfying conclusion to the trilogy and it does some questionable things which i'm not entirely sure about but it's still a great film nonetheless oh i just want to say as well thinking about rise of the planet of the Apes, actually now that we live in a arguably quote-unquote post-pandemic world or beginning to how creepy was it for you to see how the, how the virus spread and how fast it was in in the credits of Rise of the Planet of the Apes. With with now hindsight being a thing, 2020 20 hindsight literally being a thing. How I think it was at the time I was like, "Huh, this is really cool. It really could happen like that." But now I kind of look back at it because I kind of watched these again ironically enough during the height of COVID. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay, this is fucking they really nailed nailed it on the head. What what do you think about that?
0: Yeah, again, I thought that was pretty good. You get one person, case 0 being Tyler, uh, the actor's called Tyler, can't remember his character name. Um, who who sort of spreads it to someone who's an airplane pilot who's then spread it around a whole plane and then it's spread worldwide. That's literally how things spread um you know before the pandemic seeing other things that spread um when like the flu in flu season where we they're like oh if you sneeze on a blast and you don't use a tissue or catch it bin it kill it that whole sort of nhs slogan and that that's how these virulent things are spread i was like i like the graphic where they just went we're going to do an indiana jones map and just show these lines spreading out across the world of, of, of um nastiness. Um I thought that was quite good. So i I guess the other thing I thought was curious with that is going, that's spreading the bit that kills the humans. So I'm curious if that can then jump from a human to other apes in other countries and make them get smart or not. I guess I'll find out.
1: Yes, yes you will. I'm that do you know, actually, I don't think that's a thing that they really expand on too much and I think that's probably a good thread to be be fair for Kingdom of the Apes when they eventually get around to it. You have to tell me actually, while you're on the page for that is Matt Reeves involved in that? I imagine he isn't
0: because he's busy working on
1: Batman stuff
0: Well it says the director is Wes Ball who Um. is famous for doing films such as the Maze Runner. The Maze Runner 2. Something called F- Phoenix. Maze Runner 3.
1: Do you know what? Actually, he's not a bad fit for that because I've seen those Maze Runner films and they're not bad. That first one's pretty good. I don't have a lot to say about the other two. But that first one's not bad for a um, dystopian, teen, sci-fi, Hunger Games-esque kind of thing it's not bad so yeah I'd be curious to see what he does with that if he brings the vibes over from the maze runner into that it could be quite good
0: yeah sorry I was just just looking because it looked like he was doing um, that he may have worked on uh, a film with Matt Reeves, where Matt Reeves was the producer and Wes Ball was lined up as director but the project was pulled but it looks like he has some work and experience with Matt Reeves and maybe there was a suggestion there or a recommendation perhaps or well, maybe, who, possibly who Who knows watch this space I guess um, right Monke. Monke Monke, where's my tea bags
1: Monke hey Matt what, what's the twitter address
0: it's at anyone podcast.
1: Do we have a Facebook?
0: Yes. You just write in those words again and you'll find us.
1: Nice one. Do we have an email?
0: Yes. Anyone for seconds at gmail.com.
1: I'm told that we do streams as well and there should be an upcoming stream very, very soon of a watch-along. Where where can people go and, and like and subscribe and all that sort of shit
0: on Twitch? That's... that's- That's interesting. I hadn't heard that. Um, I would assume you just type in Anyone for Seconds on Twitch and it pops up. Am I close?
1: I mean, you're pretty close, but if you wanted a more direct link, you could go twitch.tv forward slash anyone podcast. And that takes you straight to the page and you'll get a lovely holding page and you can see Podcast Cat with the microphone and the pen and paper. It's lovely. It's cute. You'll love it. That's the offline thing. So if you want to go so if you want to go pet virtual podcast cat, that's your best place to do it.
0: Don't forget to leave us a like, rate and all review on your podcast platform of choice as it helps us oh. the podcast and reach a larger audience. See now it first time, no cuts or edits at all.
1: Beautiful, beautiful.
0: Uh I guess we're leaving you with some music from Rise of the Planet. No 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 I've got Apes. I've got
1: I've got I've got a request. I've got a request. I want one of these, please. You either leave us with a clip from The Simpsons of Doctor Sayus Doctor Sayus Doctor Sayers, Doctor Sayers, Dr. Sayers, Dr. Sayers, or Doctor Sayus or you find one of those really awful NHS ads for catch it, kill it, catch it, kill it, kill it bin it.
0: I only saw those as posters. Were those verbal?
1: Yeah, they were also on TV. But I would say, Dr. Seuss, Dr. Seuss, ooh, Dr. Seuss. Get your hands off me, you dirty ape. Dr. Seuss, Dr. Seuss, ooh, Dr. Seuss. He can talk, he can talk, he can talk, he can sing! <laughs> God, remember when The Simpsons was actually good? Do you remember that the golden era was, of The it was Simpsons? It It was fucking great. <laughs> it, it,
0: it was. It was the nineties. Anyway, know. this was supposed Tro-
1: to be a thirty-minute recording, and we've been going for an hour.
0: <laughs> Tro- Troy, Ma- Troy McClure starring in the musical version of Planet of the Apes.
1: Doctor Seuss. Doctor Seuss. Doctor Seuss. Doctor us. Ooh, Doctor us. Make a monkey out of you. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye-bye. Pause off me, you dirty ape. <gasps> he can talk. He can talk. He can, talk.
0: He, he can talk. talk. he can talk. He can talk. He can talk. He can talk. I can sing. Oh, help me, Dr. Sayers. Dr. Dr. Sayers. Dr. Sayers, Dr. Sayers. Dr. Sayers, Dr. Sayers.
1: Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, oh, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. What's wrong with me? I think you're crazy. Want a second opinion? You're also lazy. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, oh, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Can I play the piano anymore? Of course
0: you can. Well, I couldn't before.